Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, it's going. <laughs> Just as an FYI, in case you guys were going to talk about private things during the podcast. So, <clears throat> All right, and, we're done. And I don't know what part this is, but but I hope it's the last one because I but I think that it's been some good stuff. So um, let's just jump into my list, and then and then we're gonna once my list is out, we'll make sure you guys got everything off of your list. All right? Cool. Okay. Next item on my list is, and this is about Woof. Right. Woof Part 92. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it is. Okay. Um, I want to do a quick rundown on how to make Woof work well as a host. I mean, we've alluded to some things, and I think right. it's multifaceted. And of course, my choice is. I'm going to leave Woof behind and do the boot camp. I think boot camp, I think what we're doing with the boot camp is is way better than Woof in general. But if somebody's going to be like, I'm just going to do Woof, then of, then of course my first bit of advice is like, do as much as you can of what I do. And that would be like, I would say, put out some podcasts, put out some, some blogs, put out something that kind of shows what your values are. So that way, um, when it helps to be a thinning, thing like this is this is what we're into this is what we're not into so that way it's like you might be able to minimize um, those kinds of things so on, on woof you're going to put your description of your site and then maybe you know try to have a link or something to more information so if you're really thinking about coming here you need to know how we're different and put stuff in there that would that would um, eliminate 90% of woofers because it's like you want you want people that are going to work for you and how you are different from from others. I think that one that one's going to be a big one. What do you guys think? Well, I, I always say be selective as who you take. Like what you just said, you knock them down through podcasts and stuff. In my way, it's like I don't have that yet. So I just interview the heck out of people. I, I say things to make it like sound like it's not going to be too great of an experience. It's like, yeah, we work long hours sometimes. We put the lights out, work 12, 15 hours. And, you know, there's just so much going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we, you know. Just, just not paint a beautiful picture, and the people who are left are saying, "Yeah, that sounds good. Those are the kind of people you want." I like the thing that you said earlier about <clears throat> how it's like I'm going to engage them in conversation, so that way I'm not just talking to a canned message or maybe even possibly Absolutely. a robot. Yeah, yeah, definitely have to make sure that you're not going through a bot. So, you know, even if they send out a generic message, you just want to respond in kind saying, hey, so why are you interested in my particular farm? Uh, what is your length of stay? And, you know, ask a couple questions. And, and if they answer, great. If they don't answer, then, you know, that, that was just someone is not going to happen. Like Josiah said, he, he blanket messages, messaged a bunch of farms. And he's, um, I would imagine he was a fantastic woofer. I think uh, being responsive helps to, you know, draw in the good ones. Uh, like like checking your woof stuff like twice a day instead of once a week. Oh yeah, you got to stay up on it. My percentage rate is ninety six percent call or send back, but that means that I also all the ones that I know um, who have sent me an email that 
I know aren't right for the farm or are just blanking it out, I still have to respond to them or my response rate goes down. So even if I know it's like, wow, this guy's a joker, um, I still say, hey, thank you for your interest in our farm. We are not uh, taking woofers at this time or or some other message Mm -hmm. uh, to discourage them from continuing. Mm -hmm. So got to keep your percentages up so that it looks like you're responsive. And you are responsive. How about diversity of experience during the workday? It's just, it's in my case, it's always based upon the needs of the farm, but yeah. there should be multiple things that someone can do if there's like, like heavy work. There should be something light to augment that so that they're not just sweating it out, yeah. that they got something a little easier to do on the body. And then unless they want that, there's several people that say, just beat the crap out of me. Right. And uh, I'm happy to do so. Yeah. All right. Jennifer. Um, I think from the very beginning, like, have your shit together enough that you don't need the help. Like, if you need the help oh, in a very immediate wow. sense. That is a really good point. I yeah, like I think that's a big one. And then, you know, have things planned out well enough that you know how you're going to fit them into the system when they arrive in terms of the workflow, in terms of the food and the housing. Just, like, think about it before they get there. Don't, like, have them drive up and then think, oh, huh, I wonder what they're going to eat tonight. Like, don't do that. Yeah. So be, yeah. I think a big part of it is be prepared for if they arrive and be prepared for if they don't arrive. Right. Um, uh, I, I like the thing about don't need them. Yeah. Um, because then if, if there's anything that's like not smooth, it's like, yeah, this isn't working out. Right. You know, the, the, your, your upsides are not outweighing your downsides. Whereas if you need the help because it's like, oh, I got all these trees and they gotta go in and this guy's being horrible, but we need to get these trees in, then it's kind of like next thing you know, you're like married to poison. Right. Yeah. That's well, a- and I do think Ron's point about like having something a little bit easier to do during the day is good. I also think it just purely for psychological reasons, even if it's not especially easy or like something different to do. I mean, I do think, you know, building fence for all eight hours of your day, or in their case, four or five hours of the day, gets a little miserable after it goes on for days and days and weeks and weeks. Yeah, yeah I, I try to say um, here, yeah. like when talking to Fred, and, uh, and I've, I've conveyed it to Ron, and that is that... Um, uh, you know, let's not do the same thing for more than four hours. So if we're all going to go and build junk pole fence, then it's like, okay, then, then that, for the morning, then in the afternoon, let's do something different. Unless everybody is like, let's get this done. And mm-hmm. if everybody's on board with it, like, let's get this done, then that's cool. But I think that's a big part of Woof is to build those experiences. Um, and they're there for an education. Now, there have, there are some Woofers who show up and they're kind of like, I don't understand. I thought I was coming to like and there'd be a classroom here and I would have you know six hours a day of like sitting in a classroom and taking notes and it's like oh that's uh, that's not how it works well and I actually think one of the most important things you can learn as either someone who makes their living through ag or a homesteader is actually how to do the same miserable thing over and over and over again until it's done that's real life. That fence right. has to go up, and and now's the time. And it's like, well, I guess all summer long I'm building fence. Yeah, yeah. So I actually think that's something that more people need to get experience. 
experience with and realize before they um, start, you know, fulfilling their homesteading dreams. But yes, most woofers come um, to get exposure to a variety of different things that right. they wouldn't learn how to do elsewhere. So I think it's good to be able to provide that for them. Yeah, yeah. Ron, you got anything else? Nope. Okay. All right. Uh, the next thing I've got on here is how to make woof work as a woofer. And um, I, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like um, at the at the tippy top of the list is uh, um, try to try to get the whole thing to to work out good. You guys have advice for woofers? I mean, I know that um, uh, the advice that uh, uh, Doug Bullock has is to bring at least one skill to the table. Right. Um, but do you guys have anything? Uh, any advice for woofers? Starting with oh, Jennifer looks like she's got some. No, I'm trying to think of something. Okay, Ron. <laughs> It's communication. It's a two-way street. Just yeah. make sure that, you're, that as a woofer, potential woofer to a farm, that you're upfront and honest. Don't try to oversell yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, make make sure that you mm-hmm. say, "Hey, I got some shortcomings too, but I'm willing to to work with it and do whatever needs to be done." And that's a that's a key phrase. I'm willing to do whatever needs to be done. A need of a farm that. is it changes, but sometimes it's just like, "Hey, right now this is what we're doing." Until this other resource happens, and we have to drop that and we got this resource, we got to now divert all our energy to this. So being able to be flexible enough and, you know, do what is necessary on the farm. This is a, supposed to be a real-life experience. So if you're just, like, sitting around for four hours twiddling your thumbs, you're not getting any real-life experience. You might as well be playing video games to the end. I've had some people show up where they have a lot of experience, and they want to... And so they show up, and they're like, okay, I'm here for four days. I need you to tell me what is the most difficult thing that you have that isn't getting done where you need somebody with with experience and skill to get done. And it's like, you know, basically what's your ugliest, nastiest, most difficult thing and I will get that done for you. And it's like that's just so makes me so happy. <laughs> yes. So I I remember one guy and it's like I need the sawmill running and cranking out lumber on it and and I I bet you that in his short time here he cranked out a thousand sticks he he's he stacked them wrong <laughs> and and it took us uh and so we ended up well anyway that's another story for another day but he did get it running and he did crank out a lot of lumber and um and and just a tip to everybody when you stack lumber do not wrap it in plastic oh Ooh, yeah yeah um he thought he was keeping the rain off <laughs> right but he was keeping the moisture in oh, no. and uh uh, it's like, well, that wood isn't of great value now. And so, uh, but uh, we've had other guys. One guy showed up. He's like, I'm a plumber. What is your most challenging plumbing thing? And it's like, we've got a spigot on the side of the house that doesn't do anything, and it's a mystery. And so now it shoots out water. Cool. Um, he's like, I'll, I'm on it. Uh, and it was like two hours. But that was the other thing. He's like, I'm here for like a day. Right. And so give me your toughest one day task uh for plumbing. And I it's like uh these are these are great. So <clears throat> I'm but okay, along the lines of this very question, the next item I have on my list. So how how to make woof work as a woofer? Um the next thing I have on the list, which is just a direct thing and probably the most important thing, one bad apple can spoil the bunch. 
um, unless the bunch chooses to be unspoilable. And this is about resentments, um, but but let's just focus for a moment on, like, somebody says, uh, let's say, Jennifer is a terrible host. <coughs> we need to chainsaw the building. Right. <laughs> Which is my understanding of that actually happened. Yeah. And, and granted, um, I, I would think that if you had other woofers there, that, that might have been... Um, well, anyway, good a good thing for the other woofers that were there to have done would be like, whoa, hey, chainsawing the building is not cool. I'm here to learn about how to build good things rather than destroy good things. Right. And so how about if we are, like, respectful and we talk? And um, so basically my thinking is is that there's a human nature element that when somebody's like, I'm so angry, and it could be for good reasons or for bad reasons, crazy reasons, whatever, but I am so angry. And our human nature is to say, they're there. You are a good person. You are, uh, I support you. And, and it's like, but that could quickly turn into, I support you in burning the world to the ground and uh, and scorched earth. Um, I support you. I will I will back you up because, you know, whatever. It's in my human nature to be supportive of others. And I kind of feel like... Yeah, I think that I think what it's good is to support people towards a better future rather than an, a scorched earth future. I think when you when somebody starts talking about scorched earth, that the um, the most important thing is going to be to say, um, I wish to support you into something wholesome rather than I wish to support you into scorched earth. Um, I think scorched earth is, I mean, I, I, I think that if you're thinking of scorched earth, I think that there, I think you've got serious mental problems. I mean, if, even if you go to some place where the wolf host is terrible, right. leave. I mean, I kind of feel like if you, like, for example, somebody took a chainsaw to your wall. Right. Well, okay. So this guy was like, Two inches taller than the doorway of the incredibly old house right. that they were that I provided them to live in, which right. I thought was still much nicer than you know a tent. But he would complain about this to me all the time, and I was kind of like, I can't make the house taller, like I can't make you shorter. Yeah. And so one day it- he got angry about it and just like chainsawed. A bigger, taller doorway through the middle of the wall. Now, did he did he did he have the knowledge to know whether that was um, an, an integral part of the building? No, he didn't have the knowledge to know that. He didn't know if there was wiring or plumbing or you know if it was a structural wall. It was just like yeah, it, it seems a like a tantrum. It seems like okay, dude, you've got the tent option. Or you can stay in here. Right. It's your choice. Right. You know, you don't have to be in that building. Right. Yeah. There's also another option, which is go away. Or duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As as a freaky big guy, I'm kind of used to the duck option. I I have hit my head a few times on things, but it's my own stupidity of like, oh, let me hold a conversation while looking at you and trying to duck at the same time. Right. And, and I forgot. I didn't get the visual cues, you know. 
know, it's like, bong, oh, that's gonna, that's, that's some blood right there. Oops. Right. And like, it did suck. I mean, I was sorry. I, I sympathize with the guy, but like, I don't have magic powers or like the ability to rebuild an entire building on a whim. So, yeah. Or it's like, hey, let's totally get to rebuilding that entire building or we'll build a whole new building just for you. As soon as as soon as this fence is done being repaired, mm-hmm. <laughs> perhaps going forward you should have a height restriction for you. <laughs> <laughs> you must be this tall to ride. <laughs> you must be this short to ride. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah good point. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, one bad apple. Uh, any anybody else have anything else about one bad apple? I mean, I I think that the the message here is is like even if there's going to be bad apples right. and and an, an important thing is is like let's not scorch the earth because of one bad apple and i think that uh um when it comes to intentional community i think that this is the intent an intentional community is that when there is a bad apple that you have the intent to have community rather than scorched earth mm-hmm. and so this is that is the test moment because if if you're into scorched earth it turns out you're not a community person mm-hmm. i think it tells it says a lot about you as a person um but if if you're going to say like this is awkward for me and i choose community that shows that you are a person that can build community um it's easy to destroy community it's almost as easy to build community um, all right, so that's the one bad apple. Let's talk about, oh, you got something. Right. This is related to the one bad apple thing, but I think in and of yourself, you just have to decide, like, how you're going to handle the work, the job, whatever, and just don't allow yourself to start being sucked into other people's drama or lack of work ethic like if the person beside you is screwing around like just keep working and do your own thing i mean that's any job really it's really easy to kind of get sucked into the group culture where it's like oh the boss is over there like we're all gonna you know drink coffee and chew gum or whatever it's like just don't do that weed yeah smoke weed have some beers exactly and like i think every time i've been in that situation where it's like everybody else is having a way better time and I'm the only one over here trying to get things done. It's really easy to get resentful and it's like just don't. <laughs> like just yeah. focus on your own integrity and your own approach to it and don't worry about what other people are doing. I, I And this is the next item I have on the list is oh. about resentments. Okay, got and, it. And I do feel like I've seen this many times and this has been a difficult lesson for me and I'm trying to do better and we're coming up I think we're optimizing our systems to try to reduce resentments but it's kind of like um, there will be um, possibly two people that are going to um, uh, like you know in the WOOF program it's 36 hours and so then these two people might be putting in a good 60 hours and then the mean, at the same time there's going to be uh, let's say two people where it's kind of like it's supposed to be 36 hours but they're finding every possible way to see if they can whittle that down to five hours and and fill their days with other more entertaining things and it's like 
the people that are that are um, doing five hours resent the people that are doing sixty hours, and oh, the Lord. people that are doing sixty hours resent the people that are doing five. And then um, uh, resentment is poison. Yeah. It's just poison for the whole thing. And so I think. <clears throat> Um, uh, there's got to be ways to mitigate the resentments. I think that um, uh, I, I I think one of the things is is that when somebody is is doing tr- shooting for the five hour thing, you gotta send them down the road. Otherwise, they're they're packing the resentment poison, and um, everything. All the good people leave because of their resentments. Um, and and it's kind of like uh, and the the people that are working only five hours kind of cheer as the good people leave, and it's kind of like all right you've I think I think you this is this is a big big super difficult component I think it's worthy of probably five more podcasts to try and sort it all out and uh, but I'm gonna just you know and, and unless you guys have anything to add to this thing about resentment nothing nothing okay moving along. A quick shout out for the 2020 boot camp. Um, uh, we mentioned this earlier in another podcast. Food, food systems, food systems, food systems, um, which means junk pull fence this winter. So, and, and we have spaces right now. People could come right now. Yeah. We'll allow either. I think it's either one individual or a or a couple. And at right now. And uh, um, a lot of junk pull fence. Not entirely junk pull fence, but there's a lot of projects going on this winter. Um, and then, of course, come spring, oh, seeds and seeds and seeds and plants and planting and massive food systems, polycultures. Um, I got a note here about how oh, – anything else about the food stuff, about the the 2020 boot camp? Nothing. Okay. We're dying to do it. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, there's a, The seed catalogs are getting a workout now. I'm, I'm just thankful that part of that will not be berm shed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to plant some stuff on top of the berm shed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cover that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> the berm shed is looking beautiful, by the way. I think the end pieces are art. And uh, um, we're putting up videos right now about... In fact, I'm going to put a video up after our meeting today about... Um, uh, you said that, like, like for this part, we're just simply doing a Lincoln Log thing, and it's <laughs> like, you know, that's that's kind of sort of a little bit true. And that was uh, that was at the early stages of me learning how to do this uh, framing because I'm, you know, for construction with the dimensional lumber, no problem. But non-dimensional, just a different type of challenge. But I, I think uh, I caught on relatively okay. I think it's it's turned out beautiful. It's it's going to be definitely uh, a, a big thing on the on the tour. It's it's definitely a, a huge artifact for us, and uh, uh, such a uh, it, it is great. It looks magnificent. It's well done, and on top of that, there's the, the thread about it. Um, there's there's been some ideas like okay, um, a berm shed version 7.0. What would that look like? And so there's actually some cool ideas like we could do do overs, like how we might do it over uh, in a better way. But I I am feeling a lot like the what we're calling the ad. Which is the end pieces? Um, those those are fascinating to me, and um, they're so simple yet 
it's one of those things where um, an a- where an act of engineering ends up being art just because it exists. And so um, I'm I'm very excited about this. I think it's going to be one of the one of the big attractions for what for here. Um, but all right. Um, next up, a a lot of current homesteaders used to be woofers. I think that that's true. I'll bet half. I'm going to go with half. And there's a lot of people that are homesteaders where it's like they're trying to learn through the school of hard knocks and it's got expensive challenges. Yeah. Whereas as a woofer, then you can go and, and hear about how there was an expensive challenge years ago. <laughs> and that's why we do it this way now. And so it's kind of like, uh, I think I think there's a lot to be learned by being a woofer and that you carry that into your homesteading later. Um, a couple of years ago, we, I recorded a podcast with Joseph Lofthouse uh, about land race seeds, which is amazing. Probably one of my all-time best podcasts. And uh, one of the things he said, which I just need to, to point out again, is that 19 out of 20 people that come to help him, he gets less done in the day with their help than if he just did it himself. And it's a rare person where he'll get more done in a day with somebody's help. So that goes back to how to be a good woofer. Don't do that. Well, and I think people don't know how to not do that. And I think that's part of it. I mean, I think I kind of feel like when you're being a woof host, you need to be prepared for exactly that with the idea that if that person's going to be there for more than a month, then then that starts it starts to even out you start to get to something where it's like moving forward more and and hopefully it's not and, and one possible way of doing it is like i'm going to show you how to build fence and all you're going to do for 3 months is build fence this is his jennifer all, is that is this my jennifer this is this is what you sound like no. when you're in texas this is what you sound like striking likeness <laughs> But then the idea is, is that after a couple of days of building fence, and it's like, there you go, you're on your own, you just keep building that fence forever, and I'm going to be working on 14,000 other things, and all you're doing for the rest of time is building fence. <laughs> and so uh, something something like that. That's And you're saying that's what you sound like in I, Texas. <laughs> I think that was what I sounded like to my woofers. <laughs> And, and I think that the woofers don't really want that, but I kind of feel like what we're doing is we're offering a fair bit of diversity, and and then, but I also kind of think that um, uh, when people show up and they're brand new for the first week, and you've been here several months, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of see yourself in your first week. Well, yeah, I think it's very difficult when you're first here to not be a hindrance. I mean, there's a lot of moments where you're like, Fred, I know this is the 18th time that I've asked you where something in the shop is. And I have entered the shop, and I have looked at the shop, and I know there are 30 hammers in the shop, but I don't see a hammer. Could you just tell me where the hammer is? So there's a lot of that. Like, it's just to get slotted into a new system and learn the ropes is difficult. And 
I wasn't quite prepared for that with my woofers, um, but I realized very quickly how much of a factor that is. You can't send them to the barn to get anything. They don't know, heck, they don't know which piece of property is yours and which is the neighbor's. It's, yeah. They don't know anything. Right. And so it, you spend a lot of time. That's why you're building the fence, so right. people can know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we can know for sure. <laughs> that side of the fence is mine, that side of the fence is not. <laughs> But yeah, it definitely, I think through no fault of their own, well, in my woofers, probably through faults of their own, but for most people, through no fault of their own, it just takes a while to get up to speed, and that's a drain on the host for a while, and you have to be prepared for it. I think a lot of hosts do not have the patience to be a woof host. Right. And I mean, like because of exactly that, it's like, okay, this person's in a totally new environment. You just told them 57 different things. They'll be lucky to retain two of those things, and so that each day you're going to have to tell them 57 things, um, 55 of which were things you've already told them, yeah. and I think a lot of people kind of feel like, I'm going to tell you once, and if you can't retain it all, I have to shoot you in the head. That's just the way it has to be, <laughs> and so uh, I hope you retain everything the very first time, right. and by the way, I'm going to introduce you to 15 people, and you need to remember their name the first time. And it's like, I, I know I can't remember all that stuff, right. you know? And, and, uh, so I think, I think, uh, that's a bit, it's an important wolf thing. Be prepared to be patient. And a lot of people are like, I'm going to host woofers for a week. And it's kind of like, you, I think that that could work if you're really lonely. Like right. you just need to have somebody to visit with who's going to like help you to get less done in a day. And, uh, and that's, that's how it's going to work. Um, but I, I kind of, and, and I'm going to get to this here in a moment about the pig bucket problem, but, but, um, all right. Anything, anything more on that topic? Like, uh, okay. So moving on. Um, the the work of a new boot uh, versus somebody here for three months. Uh, the oh, uh, compared to the productivity of a true farmhand. Yeah. I would say if you've got ten woofers that have been here for a month, they might. We'll see. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that if they've been here if they've been here a month, four of them could do the work of one true farmhand. Does that sound about right? That's probably, I would say they're about a fifth as effective. Well, fifth, okay. Right. So therefore, if you're paying that farmhand $10 an hour, the woofer who's been here a month is effectively, they have a, a value, a street value. Their work has yeah. a street value of $2 per hour. I think that's probably about right. And there's the fact that like four people in a group or five people in a group are probably not actually as effective as one person who is five times better than each of those people. You know, like the group dynamic itself kind of creates issues sometimes. Right. Now, I think yeah. I think strong leadership can make a difference. Oh, absolutely. Strong leadership can totally make a difference. But that's another thing is a hired farmhand is going to be able to work independently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they won't need that strong leadership. Yeah. Ronnie, anything on that one? Okay. Um, 
the pig bucket problem. And so this is something I shared in a podcast like five years ago, but it's it, it comes up so often, and I think I think it's turned it to be true, 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 true. And and, and uh, um, so basically the story goes like this: there, uh, in fact, the guy uh, emailed me. He heard the podcast, and so the guy in question emailed me and said, "This is exactly." His memories. So my telling of it is spot on. So he, this guy showed up, um, and like the afternoon or something, he stayed the night. In the morning, he got up and he's like, "I'm going to help." And so there's a bucket here that's full of kitchen scraps, and it says it's for the pigs. <clears throat> I'm going to take this to the pigs. I'm helping. And so he he takes it up there, and uh, he sees, he gets there, and what he sees is that there is a big bowl in with the pigs, Mm -hmm. and clearly that's the feed bowl. So he pours it in. And then the woman that owned the pigs, who's also on Wheaton Labs and stuff like that, comes out and loses her shit and screams at the guy and her and her message is how many times do i have to tell you people um to put that on that table over there and then and then i will take care of it from there now so apparently she's got a thing that she's trying to do now um but the guy this is his first day he hasn't heard anything he's you know still ramping up on all the fronts and he's just trying to help and so he caught a fuck ton of hell for like it was not cool but at the same time her being angry was pretty legit i mean she had this is probably the seventh or eighth time that this has happened right so um uh what ended up happening immediately after that is that uh, we were told no buckets go to the pigs. I mean, granted, that's the best use for that material, but no more. The stress is just too high. And so my thought on that is, is that we need two things. One, we need um, labeling. Oh. on everything and and then once we're done with that do twice as much again and then repeat that cycle a dozen times and so we need a label to say place this like the, on the pig bucket place this bucket place full buckets on the table that's marked where the pigs are right. and then there's the table that says this is where the bucket is placed you know things of that nature right. do not put in the bowl yeah. <laughs> you know there's a there's an experiment going on or whatever you right. know and then and I, so ingredient one, labeling. Lots and lots of labeling. And so I'm sure both of you have noticed there might be a few labels on things now. Right. And uh, lots of labels. But the second thing is we need to have people that have been here for more than a year. And lots of people. Like the majority of people here need to be here for more than a year. Because then there could be a person that could say, oh, by the way, if you're thinking of taking that up, Read the bucket first. Right. You know, it's got the instructions, but make sure you put it on the table, not in the bowl. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Like, like there's just more people around to provide more human guidance mm-hmm. on all the little particulars that, uh, you know, to make sure things run smoothly for everybody. So, um, uh, all right. Any Anything to add to the pig bucket problem? I think that's it. Um, uh, oh, the boot, the boot camp program. As we get, people uh, are getting to, to learn a bunch of stuff, and and I think I think we have a variety of really awesome experiences in the boot camp program. But basically, the boot camp program operates on what's the highest priority that needs to be done now. 
as opposed to somebody who enters the Sephers program. They rent a structure, and they're like, I want to come play in the boot camp for a day, or half a day, or whatever. Uh, half a day each day for seven days, or, you know. Then what we do is we shift the boot camp program to try and be something close to what they would like to experience. So it's like, I want to build a junk pole fence, and it's kind of like, all right. We're, we were going to work on this other thing today, but sure, we're going to go ahead and do a couple of hours on the junk pull fence. Right. You know, and you'll get that experience. And they might say, like, I want to do, I want to dig a hole. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> but, but we've, we've done that. It's like, okay, not a problem. I mean, and then it's like, we won't do it purely or strictly that way, but a lot of times we can shift gears a little bit to facilitate what it is that they would like to experience while they're here for a short time. I mean, they're they're paying money to rent a structure, and um, so it's like, man, you know, the, the separate program. We we're, we're going to try and pamper them a little bit more than we would the boots. So and and we're it turns out we can be bribed and uh, and influence what you're going to experience. Um, all right. Uh, the next item I have on here, and we are getting close to the. Ooh, this is this is almost the end of my list. Oh, keep going. Oh, okay. Keep all right. Going. All right. All right. All right. All right. You can do it. It's all you. I was once traveling to an event, to a permaculture event, and I was carpooling, and there were two other people in the car, and both of them were past woof hosts. And one of them said a thing, and the other one agreed, and that was never use experienced woofers. And uh, the reasoning is is that uh, if you only use people that are new to the WOOF program, they've never experienced anything before, then you're going to teach them the way that you do things, and they're going to be like, this is amazing. But... Uh, there, what they reported was is that their experience was is that when people have been to other places for woof, then they kind of do this thing where they are like, oh, the way you're doing it is wrong. The place where I was at before did it the right way. And so here, let me teach you how you're so very wrong and stupid. And I, the woofer, am brilliant and smart, and I'm helping you. And it's like... Um, <clears throat> And of course, the woof host feels like I am familiar with the dumb fuck way that you experience someplace else, and we do it the better way. And so I think maybe you know. So anyway, it turns into a thing, and it and it turns into this awkward, painful, and then it comes up repeatedly a lot. And then sometimes uh, it'll even go so far as to the woofer will be helping by changing the system, and um, the woof host will then be very upset and then develop these policies like never bring in experienced woofers. Um, I don't know if you guys have experienced, well, so Jennifer, you've never experienced anything like that, but maybe you've had, I don't know. Well, all the ranchers around me are like 70-year-old men who know absolutely everything, so I prefer <laughs> never to let them onto my property yeah. to judge it. But right. um, other than that, no, not a lot of experience. Yeah. I've never had experienced woofers. I, I think their general policy is organic is stupid, and this permaculture thing is really crazy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. I, I've, I've had a lot of that, those conversations, too. Ron? Well, I've actually had good experience with yeah. experienced woofers. Uh, it depends. Again, it goes down to being selected. 
fact about who you, who you choose. I had one really independent woman who came in there was showing me things that's like, wow, this is so cool. I didn't think about throwing a tarp down, putting in like a half a yard of wood chips on it and three people carrying it to where it went. We were using 20-gallon bins of the wheelbarrow. Mm. So it's like, wow, I learned something there. And then I always give people the flexibility to, you know, hey, show me something. It's just got to be better than what we do. <laughs> I'm open to that. But um, I did have one woofer who really didn't have that much experience, but uh, went to another farm in the interim of my farm. Then he came back and asked a bunch of questions. First of all, the first thing he asked of me when he came to the farm, how many types of kale do you grow? <laughs> and uh, for the time that he was there, I never saw him eat one vegetable. Just saying. <laughs> it was a large man. And um, then he comes back from this other farm, and he says, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing this? That's because we're developing the farm. If you would like to take on some of these challenges, like get us to market, uh, do this, do that, you know, go for it. You can't just come in here and blare at me and say, this is what you need to be doing. If you're not going to be a person of action, then there's the door. It's the way yeah. it goes. And this guy, same same guy, his idea of teamwork was walking next to the wheelbarrow, talking to the guy who was pushing it. <laughs> We're doing teamwork. And that's yeah. when I decided, okay, if it's not productive enough that twice as much work gets done with having two people or more, you know, et cetera, then it's not a team job. That's you know, a big thing. I got to I gotta say that I got a little bit of a pet peeve in that I, I do get some people who show up and they, they utter that, that phrase like, well, why don't you just do it the right way? What's wrong with you? I mean, like, some, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, please help me to understand um, this choice, even though you've mentioned it a hundred times in a podcast, you've written seven articles, you might even have a book on the topic. I need you to stop what you're doing and teach it to me. I think what they're asking for is, I'm, I'm hoping to learn, but the way that they phrase it is kind of like, why are you such a dumb fuck? when the obvious solution is the obvious solution. And so um, the, the thing you just said right now, why aren't you? And, and it's like, I kind of feel like that, that kind of has some um, hostility embedded in it somehow. And it's like it's possible like uh, there could be a gentleness to it if it's phrased correctly. But most of the times I feel like that just feels hostile. And, and so I've kind of thought like, when I'm talking to somebody, I have, I think I've gotten good to the point to like, please help me to understand what's, you know, what what your thinking is on this. And I kind of feel like that. I'm hoping it's a gentler thing because I want to understand. And, um, and then the other phrasing, which seems to be the default. I feel like that's got hostility in it, which I don't want to convey. So I'm my own personal gobbledygook. I'm I'm trying to be a better communicator in in that respect myself. <clears throat> but along those lines, um, there have been a few people here that um, where where they've they've basically either read a book or they've they've been someplace else, and therefore what they've observed here is complete violation of their understanding and must be stopped immediately this is you know uh, folly you know a waste of time and I'm not only am I going to not support it but I'm going to start to dismantle what you've created to make it right mm 
Right. And I and I feel like the number one thing is the willow feeder system, which I believe is vastly superior to um, the the things that the other people are are advocating. And and I think that that's getting better and better with every year. And then in time, it will be the preferred thing. Well. The dry outhouse, I think, will be even better, but that's that's another day, another experiment that we haven't started yet. But um, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I agree uh, with with what you're saying, Ron. It's 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 frustrating. It's difficult. It's challenging. And um, uh, um, but I still, I also agree too with what you said. Of like, there have been a lot of people who have come, and they're like, they've been to one or two other places, or they did a lot of reading or whatever, and they actually arrive with some great ideas, and um, we've benefited from from these things. But it's respectful. It is. They, they come across in a respectful way. Says, "Hey, do you mind if I?" Try this over here. I want to show you something that I think might help out. Yeah. And they'll, they'll go do it. And then, you know, then what typically happens is that it's half an idea, but what they started, I say, oh wow, oh my goodness, this is what we can do. And yeah. it just creates a full idea, which is better in the whole than what we we're doing. Yeah. So that's what I like is that people who are actually respectful want to see, you know, the success. You know, that's a key thing. You want as a woofer, you should want the success of the farm you're at. You should want to believe in it. If you don't, then you should leave. If you don't believe in the mission, you don't believe in what's going on, don't create any um, hostility. Just find a place that better suits what your yep. belief system is and how you think things should be. So um, <clears throat> that's the end of my list. One of the biggest and most important reasons that I wanted to record this podcast is some of the things that Ron shared. <laughs> and and it's like, so as much as Ron has a powerful emphasis on having great success with the WOOF program... I've this also, and I've heard so many dark stories from people um, host, hosting Woof, and um, and a few from people that have been woofers. That the um, the story that Ron shared with me is the darkest, and and I kind of think Ron might be reluctant to share it. And it's like it's it's up to you, Ron, whether you want to. Share. Now I also feel like Jennifer's got a, a story where I kind of feel like it's almost I, I hate to say this typical. And I and I kind of feel like strong management and strong precedent and a variety of other things would would mitigate what you Jennifer went through, and it, and it's like it's a it's a lesson in this the standard thing that happens when you're when you're not better prepared. Right. And and it's like um, uh, now you could have lucked out and gotten that one out of 10 or one out of 20 person who will show up and be everything you hoped and dreamed and it would have been a beautiful relationship and you'd say, could you please move in and live here forever? Right. And, and it's like uh, uh, everything is rosy for life. But I think, I'm, I'm sorry to say that I believe that what you experience is probably more common. Right. And, uh, and, but I think, I think there's ways to get, you know, like, like those are the materials that you got. I think that there may have been ways to get great results from those people. And you're making you a face like, I don't think so. That's just crazy <laughs> no, talk. I, I do. I came to the same conclusion that I could have probably had a successful Woof experience with better management and preparation. I'm not sure about those three guys. Like, I, I think they might have been un 
rehabilitatable. Um, but in general, yes, I well, think I could have. What if you had one of Ron's drill sergeants from when he was in the, uh, the Navy boot camp? Right. And that person was like very familiar. Like he lived down your place for five years. He knew how it went. And, and he was like, you know, we're starting work at 7.59 a.m. And, you know, hop, 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 hop. Then, then those guys might have ended up actually contributing and feeling good about themselves. I suspect that with those three, what would have happened is that they would have left in like a day and a half, which would have been okay. its own kind of success. <laughs> like, um, no, I mean, I'm serious. Rather uh, than squatting it. in my house and chainsawing it and putting my cows on Highway 71, they would have ended up, you know, leaving and I could have replaced them with better people. Okay. Yeah. I kind of feel like. All right, we we now have a thorough understanding of your story, and now we're going to go to Ron and see it, what Ron wishes to share, which is again emphasis on most of the things, most of his experiences have been wonderful, but it's I do feel like when we're trying to get things to work out and work out well, it's the ones where they didn't work that pain us, that that they have a far bigger impact on us, and it, we seem to hyper focus on that, like how do we make that never happen again? I don't if I'm going to do this, I want that to never happen again. I got a deal for you, Paul. Okay. <laughs> so I think this is uh, something for another podcast. So I'm thinking maybe if there's enough interest in hearing a couple of the stories that I have that are dark and devious, and if people are interested in hearing them, then we can have a podcast just devoted to uh, a few of those experiences, which were deep, dark, satanic, yeah. and, it, and included the mass hole. The mass. So yeah, I, I okay. You know, another thing is is maybe it would be best just leave it as like it was. It is. It it is deep, dark. dark and satanic. It is the it is the worst experience I've ever heard of, and I have heard of some. I mean, there's the chainsaw one. I've heard of worse than the chainsaw one. Right. And um and we've been through some stuff here too, which which we've shared. Um and so at the same time, I I really want to circle back and say we have had some magnificently wonderful people here, and I am sad that we don't give them more airtime. But it's like it's just a lovely, delicious experience. It's it's what you would think. It's I, in a way you could say it's boring but it's actually magnificent it's a it's it's a um a, a soul growing experience kind of a thing to have lovely lovely people here and they all work hard and chip in and 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 everything moves forward um i don't know and, and things are going so good it's like you you kind of don't even feel like recording a podcast i guess <laughs> but it's but but then when things are difficult and challenging and it's like how can we embrace the dark that has come before in such a way that we could try to to improve our systems so we don't have that kind of dark war. I mean, another thing is, if you're going to come here as a boot, you don't want to come in the middle of some kind of weird dark thing, right. you know, nor do you want to go to some wolf place where it's like there's some dark shit going down, you know, you want a good, wholesome, healthy experience. And so it's like, okay, so, you know, let's let's try and find a way to do, to do that and um I I kind of feel like a lot of the things we talked about during these podcasts has been like how to have a better experience and and I kind of feel like you know, as dumb as this sounds and as much as I'm a broken record on it I gotta thank the Fouches for like man making things like we it's like with a, a darkectomy like they, yeah. they they took all the dark out and it's like I 
I don't think other people would be like, what I need is somebody to be really mean to me publicly, <laughs> and then and then everything will be better here. <laughs> it's like, surely there's a better way. <laughs> so, but uh, um, it has it has so worked. Yeah. Well. Perhaps that was their intent, Paul. Well, let's just go with that and make this an entire positive thing. We're trying to help in our way. So, thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. Anything else to add about woofing? You guys got some extra notes left on your notes? All my notes are done. All your notes are done, Ron? I have a lot of doodles. Yes, you do. You are a doodler. I am a doodler. Okay. Uh, are any of those doodles, or I see some wordy bits on there, anything that w- that needs to be added to this podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about the boot camp program is better than the woof program. <laughs> Homesteading and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.